what am I going to do after high school? I've been asking myself that same question for about three years now, and I still can't seem to find an answer. I'm probably going to go to college, yeah, but what classes will I take? Where am I even going to college? And how am I supposed to get in? A lot of my friends already seem to have some sort of hazy plan, what they want to do when we graduate. Not me. I'm completely lost. Alright, hello everybody and welcome back to Completely Lost. My name is Quinn, this is my younger sister Avery. How are you doing everybody? Well, that was very <laughs> polite. And we are your co-hosts. Uh, yeah. that, that was very polite of you, Avery. Thank you, thank you for asking the uh-huh. listeners how they're doing. I'm sure they appreciated it. Um, so today we are moving sort of away from like the questions. Uh, recently the titles of our episodes have been kind of like questions like in-state or out-of-state mm-hmm. or do you mm-hmm. want what size school is right for me? Stuff like that. Sure. We're going to be moving away from those and we're going to be talking about more kind of specific, really niche topics in the question so of... So where are we going? <laughs> well, I'll tell you in oh just a God. minute. The listener already knows because they read the title of the episode, <laughs> but you don't. Uh, so, like, we're going to be moving sort of into more niche questions in the topic of where am I going to college, mm-hmm. uh, and hopefully by the end of this, uh, well, uh, I'll get to that, I'll okay. get to that. Okay. Uh, today, however, as you can see from the title of the episode, we are discussing Ivy Leagues. Ivy Leagues! Avery, yeah. what do you think is an Ivy League? I think you already know, but... Super prestigious, smart school. Very, very good. Yay. But, can you tell me, do you know why it's called an Ivy League? Oh, because they're so old that Ivy's growing on the uh, building. You are actually oh, kind of close to the kind of close to the answer. Whoa, 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 so, um, <laughs> well, look, that's actually what most people guess, and honestly, that's kind of close to the real truth. I'll oh. get to it in a minute, but first, we gotta define Ivy leagues. Yes, let's... Avery, do you think you can name? Uh, so there are eight schools that are considered part of the Ivy League. Yale. Name as many as you can. Yale, Harvard, yes, Columbia, yes, Brown, yes. Uh, Georgetown. Uh, Georgetown is not an Ivy. Uh, no idea. All right. Well, you got four. That's four out of eight. That's very good. That's what's up. Uh, The full list. So let's define Ivy League for all of you who don't know what that means. And then we will go through the eight Ivy League schools. So Mm -hmm. the Ivy Leagues are, according to Mm dictionary.com, a group of eight long established colleges and universities in the Eastern United States uh, having high academic and social prestige. These eight schools are Yale, Princeton, Harvard, Columbia. I was surprised when you didn't say Princeton. I thought you would get that one right away. Um, Dartmouth, Cornell, Brown, and University of Pennsylvania. So, uh, University of Pennsylvania always kind of threw me for a loop because I never really thought about it. But, yeah, the rest of those are kind of like, oh, yeah, of course. And, of course, University of Pennsylvania is extremely prestigious as well. Princeton. Yeah, for real. That that just sounds fancy. Even if you don't know what Princeton is. Prince Todd. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) Um... This prince weighs a ton. Oh my, oh my god. god. Anyway, uh, so what was I going to say? Okay, yeah, yeah, we were talking about, so that's the definition, and that's what the eight schools are. Uh, they're all in the eastern United States. Yeah. I know I'm asking you a ton of questions, but do you want to guess why that is? I so want to guess why that is. Then guess. Because. Then guess. <laughs> because ivy only grows in the eastern United States. <laughs> okay, no. Uh, uh, Avery. Yeah. I take a push. You do. Uh, and in A Push, yeah. we learned a bit about 
the colonies yeah, and how yeah. the original 13 colonies were on the eastern seaboard yeah, of that's, America. That's true, yeah. Uh, in the beginning. And mm-hmm. all of these colleges, most of them were started before the American Revolution. Oh, oh I, see, I see. Uh, I think with the exception of one of them, and I'm, I'm blanking on which one it is. University of Pennsylvania? I don't know. <laughs> I know probably not University of Pennsylvania, because Pennsylvania was one of the important, uh, of the original colonies. Anyway. Brown? But, what? Brown? I'm I, I really don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know the answer to that. But I think with the exception of one, which was started after the Revolutionary War, all of these colleges were started before the Revolutionary War, it, and they're all on the eastern seaboard, because that's where the original 13 colonies were. Right. Right, yeah, big right. facts. Uh, but but let's get back to something I alluded to earlier. Please Why do. are they called the Ivy League? So, Avery, you guessed that it was because of the ivy growing on the sides. Yes. That's pretty close to the truth. Yeah. There are, uh, there are three stories, basically, why okay. they're called the Ivy League. Tell me everything. Yeah, I gladly <laughs> will. Uh, I'm going to go in order from least likely to most likely, because there All are right. some pretty funny stories. All right. Uh, and there, so there are three stories that are generally accepted. The first one is kind of like... People are like, that's definitely a myth. The mm-hmm. second one's like, probably. And the third one's like, this is probably it. For sure. So, let's go over let's the three it. stories of why the Ivy League is probably called the Ivy League. So, first story. This is the least likely one. Uh, Get ready, listener. How, how, <laughs> listener, how, how uh, well acquainted are you with Roman numerals? Avery, how well acquainted are you with Roman numerals? I'm okay. Are you well acquainted <laughs> enough to know that the uh, Roman numeral for four is an I and then a V? Yeah. Okay, yeah. good. So that'll... <gasps> oh. Yeah. So, uh, here's the first story, and this is the one that's kind of probably a myth. So, uh, so in Roman numerals, like I just said, the number four is written as IV, and they're sort of an apocryphal, meaning doubtful, story mm-hmm. about uh, how back in the early 1800s, four schools, Princeton, Yale, Harvard, and... And here's where it gets kind of obvious that it's a myth. Oh. The fourth school is never, like, decided upon. It, depending on who you ask, it's either Dartmouth or Columbia. I see. And no one can ever really agree on which fourth school it is. But, so it's either Princeton, Yale, Har- so Princeton, Yale, Harvard, that's agreed on. And then it's either Dartmouth or Columbia, and no one can quite agree on which one it is. And they all come together and they're like, hey, let's decide on the uniform rules for football, which is an emerging mm. sport at this time. Mm. And we think it could be, it's sort of neat, you know? Yeah, like, it could yeah. be definitely part of America. Literally, for um, sure. For sure. And they named this athletic council the IV for four in Roman numerals, the IV League, or the Four oh. League. It's pronounced Four League. It's kind of the iPhone X effect. Do you remember when the iPhone X came out and people were like, yeah. actually, it's called the iPhone X? Like, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, no, I'm just, I'm going to call it the iPhone X. I mean, X. it technically could be just called anything, if you want. What do you mean? Oh, what? I got the new iPhone. I got Yeah, know, yeah, yeah, I, I get that. But, like, what, what I'm saying is it was supposed to be called the iPhone X, but people kept saying mm. iPhone X because that's just how it's spelled. It's and true. we don't use Roman numerals anymore. Yeah. But but uh, back in the day, the four league uh, called themselves the Ivy League to sound fancy with those um, mm-hmm. with those Roman numerals. And people were like, instead of pronouncing it four, as it was intended to, they said Ivy League, Ivy League, Ivy League, Ivy League. And it just mm-hmm. kind of stuck and changed and morphed over time. Honestly, that's a pretty good story, but it's likely not true, mostly because people can't literally decide on the fourth school. True. And also because just like... It, the first mentions of the word Ivy League didn't really start popping up until the early 1900s. Oh, so, uh, you're such a detective. I am. I'm a whole detective, and I did way too much research. On, I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. I am here to provide you all with th- solid facts and knowledge. Thank you for anyway, listening. Anyway, so that is the first story of why it might be called the Ivy League. Here's the second story, and Avery kind of went this path. This is the 75% likely one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ivy on the walls. So, 
in Europe at the time, you remember these were all colonists, they came over, they established a school, mm -hmm. they're used to living in Europe. And in Europe, it was stylish at the time to grow ivy on the outside wow. uh, of walls, that because it makes you stylish. look like proper and stuff. Yeah, not gonna lie, that sounds kind of Yeah, it's, it's, it's very stylish. <laughs> uh, the colonists, they come over from Europe, and they build these learning institutions, and they're like, man, you know what would look so sophisticated? Yeah some ivy That's on so these true. walls that's and literally. as a result people started referring to them collectively as the ivy league yeah. all right so that's that's the explanation is it true or not honestly i'd put it at like a 75 percent true yeah. it's possible the first recorded reference to an ivy league uh comes actually in 1937 mm. from a man called caswell adams mm. uh and other sources actually show people using adjectives like ivy covered ivy laden like oh, stuff like that to wow. refer to to refer to schools uh, as early as 1933 actually yeah. so it's possible it's possible that literally possible? just the ivy on the walls now caused please, them to call it Ivy League. Please tell me, what is the last one? This is the last one, and probably the most likely one, mm -hmm. sports. <laughs> That's oh. what I'm calling this section, sports. It's straight sports. up sports. In 1954, this is probably the most likely explanation, because this is when they, uh, the schools officially started calling themselves the Ivy League. And that's I-V-Y, not Ivy like Roman numeral four. Uh, so in 1954, the term Ivy League comes into official use for the first time when these eight Ivies come together and they form an athletic conference. Mm. And you're like, that's weird. I thought Ivy League had to do with education. Well, you're wrong. It was originally sports. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, so they're in NCAA Division One, which is the National Co the Collegiate Athletic Association. I had to look that Collegiate? up. Collegiate? Col col collegiate. I think that means oh. having to do with college students. Anyway, Fun, yeah. Uh, so yeah, honestly, it, it just kind of started out as an athletic conference. Because they're a league. Hmm? League. Yeah, yeah. Sports uh, Exactly, and and that's kind of it. And you might be thinking to yourself, hold on, hold on. So it started out as sports, not because they were like great institutions of learning. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. yeah, that's the truth. And we are going to talk about uh, how worth it the Ivy Leagues are later in this episode, but not right now. Okay. Uh, right now, so so those are the three stories. The I, 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 now we know. V League the, uh, what was the second one? Ivy on the Walls and sports. And now we're going to move away from the history of the Ivy League and talk a bit more about admissions today. All right, so everyone knows uh, that the Ivy League is super hard to get into. Yeah. That is just a fact. That is just a known fact. But yep. what you probably don't know is exactly how hard it is. You're probably just like, yeah, you know, smart kids get in. Yeah. Oh my God, there's there's so much more to it. There's All so right. much more to it. And we are going to get uh, to that in just a second. Uh <laughs> So uh, I've titled this it. in my show notes, All About the Ivy League Admissions and the Realm of Vagary, which is a word Ooh. I made up myself. And we're going to get, uh, well, vagary is a word, but I'm going to get to that later. Uh, okay. So, so just to prove to you how hard the Ivy League schools are to get into, I'm going to read out some average SAT scores of those who make it into the Ivy League. All right. All right. <laughs> let, and let me remind you on the SAT, on each section, 800 is the perfect score. Just okay. keep that in mind. All right. That's all just right. a little reminder. Okay. Harvard. The average reading score is 690 to 800. Mm. Math. The average math score is 700 to 780. Mm. Writing. The average writing score is 690 to 790. Mm. Those are all near-perfect scores. Yeah. Princeton. Reading. 690 to 800. Math. Ah. 700 to 790. Writing. Ah. 690 to 780. Are you seeing a trend? Brown. Yeah. Reading. 650 <laughs> to 760. Math. 760 to 780. Oh Writing. 660 to 770. One more. University of Pennsylvania. Oh Reading. 650 to 740. Math. 680 <sighs> to 780. Writing. 670 to 760. Yikes. I could go on, but I'm not going to because you see the trend Harvard already. Harvard was... Ooh. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Harvard is Harvard. Uh, but honestly, yeah, you can see the trend. 
uh, high, high test scores. Uh, and by the way, on the ACT, I didn't bother putting that because none of the average scores are below 28. Mm-hmm. The ACT is out of 36. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. That's nice. But that doesn't mean, like, to get into, you can't get into Harvard with a 28. I'm saying none of the average yeah. scores were below 28. So, you might be thinking to yourself, hearing those data, you might Jeez. be thinking to yourself, <laughs> "Wow, uh, hey, man, only the kids with the best grades get in. Yeah. Well, not so. Not only oh. do you have to get the best grades, but oh. you have to have something else. Yeah, I know what you were thinking. You were like, oh, I can get in even though I'm dumb. <laughs> no. No, you not have to be extra all. smart. You have to be extra cool. Now, uh, well, if, if you're thinking to yourself, oh, okay, I can get in. Like, not so. Like, just grades don't make the make the grade, right? Or just grades don't make the grade. Well, mm-hmm. just grades don't make the admission, right? You have partially the truth. Because Ivy League schools, due to their prestigious nature, are doing mm-hmm. something called holistic admissions. What is a holistic admission? Guess. Uh, okay. I'm guessing... That it's like they interview you and then see what you're like. Close. You okay. have partially the truth. Okay. Uh, holistic admissions are basically like, let's think of it. So the website I used, HowStuffWorks.com, love their podcast, by the way. Um, HowStuffWorks.com uh, explained it like, think of it like a piano recital. Mm. Uh, you've got all these extremely talented people. they got broken fingers and ridiculous skill. And they're all playing these Ooh. beautiful pieces of music on the piano. And That's obviously, awesome. obviously, these people are all super talented and hardworking. But only one can win. So how do the judges decide? How do the judges decide who wins a piano performance when all of them are equally talented? Well, they move beyond technical performance, Uh objectivity, and they continue on to finding who is a quote-unquote true musician, which is subjectivity. We are wandering into the realm of subjectivity, of vagary. This is vagary. Yes. Uh, Vagary, in my book, is spelled V-A-U-G-E-R-Y. I don't know if that's actually how it's spelled, but you know what? Dude, that's probably not it, but I don't care. Um, Mm. And so... Right, holistic admissions. That makes it that much harder to get into an Ivy League school. And this is all because they are so prestigious, right? Mm-hmm. This is all because of that sports thing yeah. they formed yeah. in the <laughs> ni- in 1954. For real. So, and... Uh, to get, so let's talk a bit about how hard it is to get in with these holistic admissions as well as the technical admissions of getting high SAT and ACC scores. Uh, so, like, in a similar mindset to that piano thing I just said, mm-hmm. Ivy League schools and most other competitive schools mm-hmm. will not accept you simply because your grades are good. you got to be, like, a true learner, like, someone mm-hmm. obviously destined for achievement, at least yeah. in their eyes. However, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, well... I'm going to have humans reading my thing and humans have different ideas of what is destined for achievement and what is true learning. Yes, but it's Harvard. Yes, but it's Harvard. (laughs) But also, but listen, how how do you know if you're a true learner, right? And more importantly, if you're thinking like, if you're thinking to yourself as you're doing this uh, college essay, how can you convince Harvard that you are a true learner? And if you're thinking like that... Uh, you'll understand why so many otherwise smart kids, quote-unquote, get turned away from Ivies, right? There's exactly. Two, two reasons. Two reasons that smart kids get turned away from Ivies. One, they're trying too hard to make themselves, like, appear like a true learner. Uh, season one, episode 10, we talk about this actually quite a bit. That was our season finale for uh, season one. And uh, I was talking to my uncle, who's an admissions officer, or was an admissions officer at Johns Hopkins. He was talking about how people all the time try to, like, force themselves mm. into a box that they think the school will like rather guys, than just being themselves. Guys, did you hear that? Uh, season one, episode, episode 10. So 10. Uh, we also have a college essays episode. I think that's yeah. season one, episode four. Oh, I could be wrong. And as a reminder, uh, to get into college in the first place, it would be much easier to use Common App. <laughs> Common and App. we have a great episode on Excellent that. Excellent episode. What is that? Season, season one, one, episode, episode three, three, baby. Yeah. Yep. You should still listen uh, to that. Anyway. Uh, so, yeah, what that's the, the fr- hmm? What's the name of it? Common App. Is that just the name of it? 
The name of what? Oh, the of episode, the episode? Yeah. yeah, the episode is just called Comet App. Right, you should listen to our Comet Season app, one, so. episode three, Comet App. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the first reason that otherwise smart kids might get in. The second reason is that they are not considered, like, defining enough among the rest I of the candidates. So even if you are perfectly honest about yourself, even if you tell the truth about yourself, the school might look at you and be like, yeah, you're cool, but you're not cool enough. And then they'll turn you down. Even <laughs> though you just broke your back working all those years studying, even though you just worked so yeah. hard at that college essay. And that's why it's important to have a fallback school. Yes, yes. <laughs> Uh, safety, uh, reach, and target. Yay. Sorry, safety, reach. Yeah, that's it. Safety, safety reach, reach, and target. target. We talk about that in season uh, two, episode one. Well, wow, we're just anyway. arguing all Yeah, I know. We're just plugging all of them. Um, anyway, so, so you might be thinking to yourself after hearing all this, well, that sounds kind of unfair, huh? Mm-hmm. Like, that sounds a little bit unfair. And then you might be thinking to yourself... Well, it's an Ivy League. <laughs> yeah, well, it's an Ivy League. But then you might be thinking to yourself, hey... What's so special about the Ivy Leagues? They were just, like, the first colleges yeah. in America formed after a sports league. Mm-hmm. How come... Because you might be off thinking to yourself, Avery, you said Georgetown. Georgetown's on the Ivy League. Georgetown's just oh. as competitive. It's yeah. super cool and stuff. Yeah. So what's so, what's so special about Ivy? Like, exactly. you might be feeling a little bit overwhelmed right Prestige. now. So, <laughs> yes, yes, and we will get to that right now. We are going to move away from talking about admissions and talk a little bit about why would someone put themselves through this? And it's just as Avery said, prestige. Yay. Literally just as I she just said. I just honestly. Well, no, you're right. And that is the guess that most people would make. We're going to talk about what pro Ivy League people say and what credits of Ivy Leagues say. Um, but, like, first got to start out with that question, right? Why would someone put themselves through all of that, all that backbreaking work, all mm-hmm. that uh, attempts to make yourself appeal to the college? And it's certainly very difficult. Like, work is not really the right word. It's like effort, straight up effort. Yeah, for sure. Um, and the answer, of course, as the saver said, is prestige. We talked a little bit about prestige actually in our previous episode, but let's define it again. Prestige means like famousness or like Fairness. respectability. Yeah. yeah. And all right. So why is that important? Well, uh, duh, it helps you on later in life with yeah. job offerings. No doubt. There is no one who is trying to claim that is not true. Uh, in fact, I've got some stats on how that is totally true. Uh, this is from Investopedia, which is a oh. finance management news website. Uh, according to a 2015 study by the U.S. Department of Education, the Ivy League graduates have a median annual earning of about 36000 more dollars than a non-Ivy graduates. Wowee. Yeah. And that is just average. That's not even, like, the top percent of Ivy League graduates. Yeah. That's, like, kids who had, like, that's, a B plus. That's like, average, man. Yeah, man. Uh, and then well, I have actually, another, yeah. I've getting, a, getting a B plus in an Ivy League school is, like, getting an A plus plus plus. Yeah, for real. <laughs> Uh, And this one's from the Washington Post article by Christopher Ingram. Mm -hmm. Uh, The top 10%, so that's the kids who got, you know, like, A pluses and, like, all hundreds in their classes. Mm -hmm. The top 10% who attended an Ivy League earn 200,000 or more after 10 years of leaving school. That's a lot, to say the least. That's, that's, that's a lot of money. And so you might be thinking to yourself, well, geez, like, okay, then it's, like, Ivy League's, like, cool, cool, cool. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm going to earn 200,000 more. Stuff like that. If you do it smart. If you do it smart, True. But now we're going to talk a little bit about what the critics say about mm. Ivy League schools. And I, I'm worried say? that... It, hmm, I want to explain something. I'm worried that it might seem that I'm taking an anti-Ivy League position, but I'm not. I just want to kind of, like, show both sides. Mostly, mm-hmm. most of the time you see people talking about the Ivy Leagues, like, they're literally, like, heaven-sent, like, beautiful mm-hmm. schools and stuff. I kind of want to point out what the critics say, because, honestly, it's not often talked about, especially in high schools. Yeah, we need to point out both sides. Yeah, we do <laughs> need to point out both sides of the story. So now I'm going to talk a little bit about what the critics say about Ivy League schools. So uh, the main point for the pro-Ivy League people 
people is prestige. Man, you're going to make so much money after mm-hmm. school, so much money at all. It's so worth the effort. And the people for the anti-Ivy League say the drawbacks are just too great to outweigh I prestige. See. I see think that. of it like a think of it like a scale. Like you, yeah. you whatever, like a scale of justice type thing. The drawbacks are like heavier than the prestige. Yeah. Prestige is still a valid reason. No one is saying that it isn't. No one is saying that prestige isn't a useful thing. Uh, but the critics of the Ivy League would say, no, the drawbacks are greater. What are some of these drawbacks? Like, you well, can still get, like, a good job if you didn't Exactly. Exactly my point. Uh, and, well, that's that's something else the critics would say, but it's not specifically what I'm going to talk about. They're mm-hmm. going to talk about the drawbacks to going to an Ivy League school. Tell me everything. Well, there are two main drawbacks. Cost and a- academics. Mm. So, cost. It is no secret <laughs> that IVs are very expensive. Yeah. They are extremely expensive. In fact, in 2020, the average price of tuition slash fees was $54,414. Ooh. That is on average. That is all of them <laughs> averaged. All right? And this is according to Shemison.com, which is a... Uh, I think it's like a college counseling website. Yeah. Um, anyway, and, and that's just the average. That's that is just total. the average. Yeah. $54,414. So it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And you might be thinking to yourself, oh, okay, well, I'll just get a scholarship yet. Yes, yes, you can get a scholarship. And Ivies are known for giving out hefty scholarships. But not everyone gets a scholarship. Yeah. Uh, you know, like, it's <laughs> it's and it's just another thing on the pile to study up for. Because now... After you've done your SAT prep and ACT mm-hmm. prep, after you've written that essay and, and made it perfect and literally written like the finest essay Put man has ever seen, now you have more. to write another essay for a scholarship or do something else for a scholarship and study up how to be good for that scholarship. And, and it's just else. getting to be so much. And do it's, something else and do something else. Right, it's just another thing on the pile. Uh, and the second reason is mm-hmm. academics. Mm. Uh, like we pointed out earlier in this podcast, they were just a sports group. Mm-hmm. There is a notion that the quality of education is significantly higher at only IVs. Mm-hmm. While IVs are all prestigious schools, definitely, and offer high quality education, you might be thinking to yourself, okay, but what about Georgetown? What about, here's yeah. a great one, MIT. Ooh. Critics say uh, that this notion is a myth and point to accounts of graduates saying that they didn't really feel anything was different or that... Uh, like somehow that Ivy didn't really cover the prestigiousness that it claimed to have. And you heard me mention I, uh, MIT just a few seconds ago. Uh, critics will also point out that non-Ivy schools have and will continue to outrank Ivies in the past and in the future. Mm-hmm. The, I just said MIT. Uh, I, MIT is not an Ivy, right? Oh. It was not started in that beginning uh, of the 13 Colonies thing. Yeah. It, uh, however, outranks Harvard and has outranked Harvard for quite a while now. Yeah. So you might be thinking to yourself, okay, all right, so that's, that's, that's a little, that's, that's a little, little sus. Yeah, yeah, that's a little sus. <laughs> God, dating the episode like that. <laughs> anyway, uh, but th- that's what the critics have to say. I've presented both sides of the argument. I don't want to take a particular side because that might, I don't know, like... Persuade our viewers. Persuade the viewers, yeah, I, I don't really, know. That's not really what So it's kind of up to you. Listen to both sides. Prestige, definitely, definitely a valid reason to want to go to an IV and definitely mm-hmm. a valid reason to put in all that work. Yeah. Then you have to consider the cost and the academics think to yourself would it really ruin my life if I went to a non-Ivy school are you willing to try and go to Uh, yeah and and think about all the work that it takes to go into an Ivy League school and wonder that if in the end does that really provide something better than had you gone to a non-Ivy school that Mm -hmm. was still prestigious uh I feel like there's a lot of like I don't heaven wanna, sentness yeah. I don't associated wanna, with the word Ivy. I don't want to be like biased. Yeah, I don't want to be biased. Yeah. So I don't want to like. I, I just I feel like the negative side is never portrayed at all. So I want to yeah. like portray it um, at least once. Okay. Anyway, that is the end of the episode. Uh, that is all I have to say on Ivy League schools. Cool. Uh, if you have any questions, oh, sorry, would you like to add anything before I start the outro? 
No, thanks. <laughs> All right. Then I'll start the outro. If you think I didn't explain something well enough or you still have any questions, you can contact us both at completelylostsisters at gmail.com. Did you hear that? Completelylostsisters at gmail.com. Uh, the websites we use in yes, this episode. Yes, the websites we use in this episode are, we use quite a bit, niche.com, that was for the rankings, collegeraptor.com, howstuffworks.com, investopedia.com, washingtonpost.com, and shemison.com. Oh, how do you spell shemison? That is S-H-E-M-M-A-I-S-E-N.com. I'm going to read them all out just one more time. Niche.com, collegeraptor.com, howstuffworks.com, investopedia.com, washingtonpost.com, and shemison.com. Yeah. Avery, you started to join me and then just gave up. And I, I, I you know what? <laughs> Sometimes most battles are won by retreating. Anyway, uh, that is all I have to say. My final message for today is I love you and keep going. Midterms just ended yes. for a lot of us, so you might be feeling a bit tired. It's okay. Take a long nap. It'll be just fine, I yeah. promise you. Avery, do you want to say anything? Midterms are coming up for me, so oh, if you have midterms coming up, I wish you the best. Mm-hmm. Encouragement. Mm-hmm. Do your best. Mm-hmm. Study hard. Oh, yeah. Remember to take breaks. Remember to take plenty of breaks, but not so much that you just end up not studying. Yeah. Like I did. I'm kidding. I did study. All right. <laughs> um. Anyway, that is all I have to say. So we're going to start the be- ending, uh, like, outro? goodbye thing. Oh, well, that was the outro. <laughs> I, I don't know. I kind of messed up. But anyway, uh, three, two, two one. one. Goodbye. Can you name what? one member of the Backstreet Boys? Uh, the boy number three. <laughs> Can you name one member of One Direction? Zane. Very good. Thank you. Can you name one member, just one, of New Kids on the Block? Uh, me. <laughs> I was gonna... I, I don't know what point I was trying to make. <laughs>